Welcome to another installment of Velvet Owl Watches Movies So You Don't Have To. Quite possibly the only podcast out there without a theme song. And I'd be lying to you if I said I was working on trying to get one. Whatever. This this week I'm watching Super Buddies, which is one of the films in the incredibly long-lasting Airbud franchise. Um... Actually, apparently it's kind of a spin-off. There's the Buddies spin-off franchise, which involves more than just Air Bud. Involves his friends. I don't know. I haven't seen any of these movies, but this has to be one of the biggest direct-to-video franchises next to, like, The Land Before Time. And I'm already regretting this, so let's just get on with it. So we start off with Shots of a Farm, and the credits are rolling, and... According to credits, Colin Hanks is one of the voices of one of the animals, which, I mean, geez, I understand everyone has to start off <clears throat> at some low point, but you're fucking Tom Hanks' son. How did you get dragged into an Airbud movie? I don't know. Maybe he just, maybe he's a huge fan of the Airbud series. Possibly. I don't, Colin Hanks, what are you doing? Is it a different Colin Hanks? Can't be the same Colin Hanks. God damn it. Tom, talk to your kids about better quality control when it comes to choosing films. You're fucking Tom Hanks' son. You should be able to skip this level of your career. So anyways, it's it's a farm. The farmer is Cliff Clavin, and which is great. I'm always unsure of whether or not he's still alive. For some reason, I think he's dead, but... Um, no, he's still alive, I think, but there's this guy at my local pool who looks kind of like Cliff Clavin, and it always freaks me out, especially in the times when I think Cliff Clavin is dead, even though I know this guy is not the same Cliff Clavin, because why the hell would famous actor Cliff Clavin be at a pool in Western New York, you know, but, um... Yeah, so his son or grandson, who's just, you know, a cute little chubby fuck, um, he's going to feed Airbud, at least who I assume is Airbud. And Airbud's very hungry because he's got this giant fucking bowl, and the bowl's empty. So it's not like with my cats when they start screaming for food when their f- food bowl is like three quarters of the way full. This guy, Airbud has like a fucking huge bowl. Considering the size of Airbud, he doesn't seem like a very big dog, but apparently this bag of dog food contains children's toys the way breakfast cereal does. Or I mean, maybe the toys are actually for the dogs. So they're these giant rings that I'm assuming you toss and play with the dog. But this kid is like really like chubby fuck is just so super excited because he's got the final colored ring, and even though these toys are probably for the dogs he's just fucking ecstatic about having them also as far as i can tell he now has all the colors but he seems to have no duplicates which is bullshit that never happens you always get duplicates when you're trying to collect shit from breakfast cereals or bags of dog food but although chubby fuck now has all the colors of rings he is still sad because 
He wants to be a comic book writer, but just cannot come up with any ideas. So obviously, because this kid is way too young, has not read any 90s era Marvel comics when it proved you don't really need like ideas for comics or even know how to draw feet. Just just draw mounds of muscles. And though I guess that, that wouldn't really sell these days, but you could probably get away with, you know, not having ideas. But Cliff Clavin cheers him up because he's found him a copy, a not quite mint copy, maybe a very fine condition copy of issue number one of Kid Courageous and Captain Canine, which is amazing that he found this, which I think the amazing part is just because he's on a farm and probably nowhere near a comic book store, because this comic, uh, seriously, I just paused it to check, it has a six ninety five price tag on it, like on the cover, so that it was retailing for six ninety five. So this must be like a recent comic to be selling for seven bucks. Like issue one of a new comic book for seven bucks. Like, what the fuck? I mean, I think I'm getting ripped off right now whenever like DC Comics is selling their shit for five bucks, because it's got the, you know, fancy cardstock variant cover so fuck you dc comics i am not falling for that shit anymore unless they're really cool god damn it you fucking tricked me again fucking dc comics and your variant covers and i'm gonna take a moment to bitch about now vault comics um they're releasing some issues next month where the variant cover is two dollars more than the regular cover and that's, like, complete bullshit. Like, fuck that. And I want the variant covers, but I'm not going to pay two extra dollars because I am not fucking encouraging that type of shit. And so Chubby Fuck reads us the comic. He reads it out loud because while at the same time they're showing us the panels because we can't read for ourselves. Or really, I mean, I guess considering this movie is probably directed towards, like, three-year-olds, they do need it read for them. But, um, so basically the story is there's a peaceful alien planet, and they have these five rings, you know, those five rings that he collected from the dog food bags, which apparently the dog food company was doing a cross-promotion with this comic book, I guess. Um, may have happened. So... There's the peaceful aliens, but then there's the evil war aliens that came because they want those five rings. So they attack the planet and they realize the nice aliens are like, we got to get these rings out of here. So they send them on a spaceship and they go to the nearest planet, which is planet Earth. And But no, the evil aliens are chasing the spaceships and there's a big space fight and the aliens, the nice aliens crash on planet Earth in a barn much like the barn of the farm they're living on. And, yeah, he reads it in, like, 30 seconds, which is, you know, this is why the comic book industry is failing. Seven bucks for a book that you read in, like, a minute? Like, goddamn, you could probably go buy a paperback for seven bucks, and it'll take you, like, a month to read if you're a slow reader like me. You know... 
Seven? I still can't get over the fact that this Captain K-9 Courageous bullshit comic was seven bucks. Just goddamn fucking comic book industry just... But suddenly there's the police siren, so Chubby Fuck has to run out to see what's going on. But I guess he's friends with the sheriff, because it's all a big surprise party! Because usually surprise parties take place inside of a house, and that when you go inside, everyone jumps out loud, surprise! But no, this is thinking outside of the box, because the surprise party is outside the house, and when you walk out the house, it's surprise! And his friends are all there, all dressed like superheroes, and they brought their pets along that they're dressed like superheroes too, and Airbud thinks, Wow, this is cool. My friends are dressed like superheroes. And the other dogs are like, we wish we had superpowers. And Airbud's like, didn't you read issue one of Captain Courageous and Kid Canine or whatever the fuck this comic's called? Which apparently, what the fuck, Airbud? Shouldn't you know that your dog friends can't read? And if it's such an amazing thing that, you know, Cliff Clavin found this comic. You'd think that his friends have this comic themselves laying around for the dogs to read. But the important part is that Airbud tells us that superpowers come from within. Or some shit like that. I kind of forgot already because one of the greatest scenes in film history. Within the top, like, 2,000 scenes in film history. Which might seem like, oh, well, that can't be great. But think about how many scenes have been in film history. So being in the top 2,000, that's still like the top one percentile, okay? But Cliff Clavin is a fucking national treasure because he decided to cheer up his chubby grandson. He's going to dress up like a superhero, and he goes on a zip line from the top of the barn and crashes into a bale of hail, and he's like... The Amazing Grandpa Man or something. And I don't care what you call yourself, Cliff Cliff Cleveland, because I fucking love you. You are amazing. You are a national treasure. You deserve better than being in the Air Bud franchise. Colin Hanks, you don't deserve better than being in the Air Bud franchise. But you have Tom Hanks as a dad, so I don't know why you're slumming it. It's kind of unfair. That Cliff Clavin is forced to slum it, and you you just choose to slum it for the paycheck. And now Cliff Clavin has a second present for Chubby Fuck. And Chubby Fuck is excited because he wasn't expecting that there'd be a second present. And you know what? This kid was kind of raised with good manners, wasn't he? That, you know, he didn't expect more than one present. You know, some kids, are, you get them one present, they're like, that's all. You know, you give them like 10 presents, and they're like, what else do you have for me? No, Chubby Fuck. He would have been perfectly content with that $7 piece of shit comic. But he got a second present. And it's a, his own superhero costume. And an extra one for his dog, who I was thinking was Air Bud, but they keep calling Butterball. So I guess his name is Butterball. Maybe one of the other dogs is Air Bud. So they get dressed up in their costumes and there's a big uh, search party. Nuts. What did I call Scavenger hunt. There's a scavenger hunt planned for the party. So all the kids 
are running and the animals run off on their own. I don't know if the animals are actually going to bother being part of the scavenger hunt. Because, I mean, normally animals would just be like, fuck you, I'm just going to go chase a ball or something. But these guys talk, so maybe they really will help with the scavenger hunt. And one of the dogs wants to go have a mud bath instead of doing this fucking stupid scavenger hunt. And I don't blame him. So he goes over to the pig pen, but there's no mud and everyone's all clean. And he's wondering, well, what the fuck? And the pigs talk to him in pig Latin because, haha, you know, pigs and they speak pig Latin. Um, yeah, that's that's the level of humor in this film, I guess. But since this dog is like so super smart, he's like, I'm going to just turn on the fucking hose and just make mud. Because as he explains to us, water plus dirt equals mud. And they all have a fun time in the mud bath and rolling around. And it's actually kind of adorable. And somehow he manages to roll around in the mud and not get too, too muddy. Which is good because, you know, his owners would probably get pissed off that he got his superhero costume all muddy. Butterball, he's doing the scavenger hunt. He's looking for a treasure, and he comes across the bull, who's, I guess, training to kill a matador or something. You know, he's just, he's pushing around this, like, giant barrel, and he tells Butterball, like, imagine what I can do to a matador. And, of course, this bull is Spanish. Um, I don't know, is that, like, stereotypical, that you're just assuming the bull is Spanish? I mean, how how did Cliff Clavin get a Spanish bull? I mean, there's American bulls, right? Wouldn't he just have an American bull to be a stud and mate with the cows? He went all fancy. Maybe he, maybe he's investing because he's planning on entering this bull into Matador contest. And if that's the case, I do hope that um, Mr. Bull, or Senor Bull, I'll go with since he's Spanish, will just fucking speak. Beer the fuck out of that Matador. And I will cheer. So when I watch Matador fights, and to be clear, I've never actually seen a real Matador fight. I've seen clips of it in that one Madonna video where she strips down to her underwear and just rolls around on the bed. And that was a fucking great video. And, you know, it came out when I was like 13 and MTV always played it during that magic hour. You know, the magic hour between you getting home from school and your parents getting home from work and you have the house all to yourself and you see Madonna rolling around in her underwear on TV and you're like, oh, where am I going with this? I mean, you can figure out where I'm going with this, but what does this have to do with uh, super buddies? Who knows? I think the point is... I would rather think about Madonna in her underwear than whatever's going on in this film. And then this dog, B-Dog, he thinks that an egg is one of the things he's supposed to get on the scavenger hunt. Because, of course, the scavenger hunt doesn't actually tell you what to get. It's all, like, um, you know, clues and riddles and stuff like that. So he thinks an egg is one of the things, and so he goes inside the chicken coop, even though he is worried that he might catch chicken pox, and he goes to take an egg, and the mother hen says, what egg exactly are you doing? Yes, this film is going to be about puns. (laughs) And 
you know, they get mad at him, and they all fucking attack. They just, like, chase after him. It's like in those scenes, like, in Legend of Zelda games, where you decide you're going to attack the chickens in villages, because you can, and you do that enough time, the chickens get pissed off at you, and they all fucking attack you. It's like that. Except, B-Dog doesn't have a sword to fight them off. And then... There's some Buddhist cows and some princess ponies and an awful lot of awful animal puns going on that I just won't even repeat because they're too painful to think about. So all the buddies, the dogs, they go into the barn just going, well, there's got to be something somewhere that we can find. And then there's glowing objects and they get near them. And it's the fucking glowing rings that from the alien planet that crashed into a barn, just like the barn that they walked into. So that comic was a true story happening in real time, I guess. Or maybe there just isn't an issue number two yet. Um, I'm confused. Why are the rings there? Exactly like the comic tells us. I'm overthinking this, because this movie is just about... Looking at some adorable, adorable puppies. But the birthday cake bugle has been blown. So everyone runs so that they can have some birthday cake. Which, I'm all in favor of birthday cake bugles. Just, bugle, get some cake. I want some birthday cake. Why am I watching this movie instead of going and eating some birthday cake? So they eat the birthday cake. There's a wacky little spot where uh, Butterball somehow has Cliff Clavin's dentures. But after the cake's eaten and everyone's full, uh, Chubby Fox starts showing off his $7 comic to all the other kids. And he starts reading. Because they're all impressed. They're like, wow, that's amazing. So he reads them the story. Uh, Skipping over the parts that he already read to us earlier. He just goes like, well, we're just going straight to the middle story. I don't give a fuck if you guys don't know what happened. And it gets to the point of story where the Captain Nice Alien crash lands in a suburb of Seattle, which I'm guessing is probably somewhere close to them. Because we see in real time, as he's reading the story, this is really happening. And an alien crash lands in a suburb of Seattle. And he tells the lasty looking dog that finds him don't worry i come in peace and lassie's like oh that's a relief which i guess the alien can speak to the animals humans on earth can't speak to animals animals can speak to each other and mr alien guy can speak to animals which is why they're highly evolved where that's why we haven't mastered space travel and why aliens just kind of avoid us is because We don't know how to speak to animals. So in order to avoid detection, the alien decides he's going to shapeshift himself into a dog like Lassie, which somehow for some reason involves doing some weird thing with like lasers with the dog itself. Don't worry, it doesn't hurt the dog. The dog just says it tickles, but it's, I don't know. I thought shapeshifters can just shapeshift. They just need to see it. You know, like Mystique in X-Men, 
She doesn't have to do some fancy thing with whoever she's shape-shifting into. But apparently, Alien has to use... I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but we'll go with it. So Alien Lassie, he's off on his mission to find the rings when he's walking on the road, and he gets crashed into by an idiot kid on a bike. And he speaks to the idiot kid, and the idiot kid's like, Whoa! You're a talking dog. Because Alien Lassie didn't really do enough research to know that, you know, yes, dogs can talk, but they don't talk to humans. They only talk to other animals. And so Idiot Kid brings Alien Lassie home with him. And his mom is kind of like unsure of whether or not, you know, she should let him keep this dog who says woof, woof, because he doesn't really know how barks actually work. And the kid told him, you know, barking is like when dogs go woof. So he literally says woof to her. But, you know, idiot kid convinces mom that, you know, it would be what dead dad would want. And since you can't go against the wishes of a dead father, she lets him keep the dog and they decide... Hey, let's become superheroes, idiot kid and alien lassie. They decide, like, yeah, this is a great plan. So they design costumes. They make costumes. They get dead dad's, like, old police radio so that they can hear. uh, And they hear that there's an armed robbery going on in progress. And they decide, oh, right, we are going to stop that. Which, I mean, as far as origin stories go... That's not that bad, but I mean, so the kid made his costume. Like, did his mom know he's making this costume? Did she just think, like, oh, well, isn't that cute? They're going to have matching costumes, which, okay, I gotta admit, it is kind of adorable. Okay, don't get me wrong. I'm not hating on the cuteness, but I'm hating on the cuteness. Like, what the fuck? And. Um, that's where the comic book story ends, but goddamn, I need to know, like, the idiot kid and alien Lassie just really go to where an armed robbery is going on? That's the real story. Do I gotta wait for issue two to find out how this plays out? I mean, goddamn it. This is worse than, like, Action Comics number one, where at the end of it, Superman has a guy, and he's landed on a building, but slipped, and they're falling. And remember, this is before Superman can fly, and it made me go, well, what the fuck? Okay, and you're wondering, well, how did you get a copy of Action Comics 1? It was a reprint thing, replica, that came in a box. So... So, I don't know what happens in Action Comics number two. Superman falls. I assume, you know, he doesn't die because he's Superman. But the point is, I want issue two of Captain K-9 and Idiot Kid. Because I need to know, do they go stop this armed robbery? You know, I paid seven bucks for this stupid comic, and you're going to end it on a cliffhanger like that? And apparently the rumor in the comic book world is that this Captain K-9 bullshit comic is based on real life. 
and what has really happened to the writer. It's like, oh, that's just a crazy rumor. Except it's 100% fucking true because we got a shot of the comic book writer, I guess, working on the next issue. I don't know how many issues of this comic they're at. Maybe he's writing issue two and he's there with his dog and it's Alien Lassie. So the comic book writer is Idiot Kid grown up and they're, they've got like some sort of detector thing that's going off and Alien Lassie says, the rings have been found. We have to check this out. It might not be a false alarm. So this is real. Alien Lassie is going to come. And meanwhile, it's the next morning, and Butterball, who still has his ring around his neck. Did I mention that, you know, after they found the rings, the all the dogs got the rings around their neck? And I'm guessing, you know, Chubby Fuck was like, well, that looks cool. We're just going to leave it on him. Because, I mean, he's got his superhero costume off and back to his regular jersey for some reason that he's wearing. But, yeah, so he's still got the ring around his neck, which has now given him superpowers because he's hungry and he wants food. And he's able to just tear the door off the fridge. And because he's a fucking stupid dog, you know, and not one of the two stupid dogs, which is a great cartoon. God damn, I got to look up. Is that like available somewhere streaming or on DVD or on video? I got to get that because that is that was a great cartoon. But this dog... Just doesn't give things, doesn't think to the fact that now that the door's fallen off the fridge, someone's going to have to repair it or get a new fridge, and that costs mo- money. But no, you're all concerned on eating pepperoni. And the other dogs are also, they're having their rings activated. That gives them powers that they want or something. So, like, one of them can levitate one of them gets super speed, one of them can turn invisible, and one of them can dunk a ball. Yeah, one of them just really wanted to dunk a basketball and was able to do it. Good use of your powers there. Good use. But all this activation of the rings has not only caught the attention of Alien Lassie, but the evil alien and his evil alien monkey, who have apparently just been kind of floating around space in their spaceship all this time, which has been at least 10, maybe 20 years, um, that he's just floating there waiting for the signal of the rings being activated. At what point do you just kind of give up and be like, I'm going back to my home planet. I'm going to just chill. This isn't worth it. I'm bored out of my mind. Sure, I got an evil monkey, but... There's only so much you can do with an evil monkey. But, you know, persistence has paid out for him because now they've got the signal. So they're going to this planet Earth. So the buddies have gotten together and they're discussing about how, you know, now they've got all these superpowers. And that's fun. And they use it to steal some hot dogs. And it's like, wow, this is awesome. We can get food. But then they accidentally stop a purse snatcher and realize... Why, you know, we can use our powers for good. Because they're starting to realize, because great power comes great responsibility. They manage to, you know, not say that line. But they give some other, like, tons of cliches about how you need to be a superhero. 
but they figure, you know, they need to protect their identities. So they get on the superhero costumes they had at the party, which just has me wondering, how did they get them on? I mean, did they go and, you know, kind of beg their owners to please put the costumes on for them? Or are these dogs, like, able to actually, like, get in and out of clothes? Or maybe is it just, like, thinking with the power rings, like, put these suits on, and it just happens? So many questions, all unanswered. So they go, and their first mission is to save a cat in a tree. Which doesn't go too well because, you know, the cat doesn't want to be saved by dogs. And, you know, the dogs kind of don't want to save cats because racism. Uh, yeah, I, I think this scene is just a metaphor for racism. Much like how X-Men is a thinly veiled metaphor for racism. Super Buddies is also tackling racism. So, using his superpower, Butterball knocks over the tree. But unfortunately, the police car was just coming at the same time because he was going to rescue Cat from the tree because, you know, this is such a nice little town that really no crime happens and he has to come save the cat from the tree. Instead of going and arresting the purse snatcher, mind you. I mean, maybe this is long enough afterwards. Purse snatcher has already been booked is in jail, but he has the, t the sheriff has the time to go save the cat from the tree. And unfortunately, the tree fell on top of his car. Alien Lassie is convinced that these signals are real and it really are the power rings being activated. So he's off to the town. He's leaving comic book writer behind, which I don't know. I mean... Has comic book writer just given up the superhero life, or is it more, uh, you know, I've got a deadline, I've got to meet, I've really got to get issue two finished and sent out to publication. Which, you know, again, great responsibilities. Those responsibilities aren't always saving people. Could also be just getting your job done. Meanwhile, the Super Buddies have stumbled across a robbery going on at the candy store where a couple of Swiss people, yeah, they're Swiss, using a Swiss army knife, because, sure, why not, are stealing candy, and they've got the candy shop owner all tied up with licorice ropes. Yeah, no, this doesn't make any more sense to me than it does to you. Or maybe it does. Maybe you're just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Are you sure you're actually watching a movie and not having some sort of feverish dream? And honestly, at this point, I can't be certain that, you know, this movie exists. And maybe I'm just kind of, I might be asleep right now and I'm just kind of sleep talking and somehow recording it. Could happen. Could happen. But the Super Buddies, you know, help stop it using all sorts of tricks with shooting gumballs and pouring chocolate all over the criminals. By the way, it seems like the criminals were just stealing candy. I don't know why they didn't go for the cash register. Just take the cash register and then a handful of gumballs on the way out. Could have been much easier. But no, 
So Super Buddy stopped them, and they're off, and the sheriff gets there just a little too late, which, and I mean, he rushed as quick as he could, because he shows up there in his pajamas, didn't even take the time to get changed into his sheriff's outfit. He's like, nope, this is important. I'm rushing right down there, even though I'm in my pajamas, and my deputy dog, he's in pajamas too, because... I, I guess since this is a Disney movie, they can't have naked animals. Like, every animal in this film is, like, wearing clothes. Except the Spanish bull, because, you know, how are you going to find pants that can fit his giant Spanish bull balls? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just assuming he's got giant balls. But the sheriff comes, and he's late, and he accidentally puts the handcuffs on the candy stop. Candy store owner, because he is just not very good at his job. And this is a fucking small town, so shouldn't he have recognized right away, like, Hey, it's Mr. Jensen of the candy shop. So Evil Alien and his Evil Alien monkey land on Earth and the farm, because they have exact coordinates. And luckily with a spaceship, you could probably get there quicker than... Alien Lassie can get from Seattle, which, I mean, how far away was the spaceship from Earth? Like, was the spaceship, like, right there on the Earth that it could get quicker? I mean, I imagine, like, you know, from Seattle to this small town, I don't know where the small town actually is, but, you know, can't really more be more than a few hours flight. Granted, then you have to book the flight and, you know, pack your bags and somehow convince people that, you know, an alien dog is okay to fly by himself without his owner because his owner's too busy to go on the trip. So, yeah, I guess maybe the spaceship could get there quicker. Um, Evil Alien Monkey has to stay behind and protect the ship. Meanwhile, Evil Alien turns himself into an Evil Alien Pig. And we can always tell which one he is, because he's green. And Cliff Clavin sees the whole thing and gets scared and calls the sheriff. Meanwhile, Evil Alien Pig takes the truck and starts driving the truck, because he can. I, I, I just, oh my god, this is... I think I'm going to have a stroke from this film. Just... you. That, that's the, the evil alien pig driving truck. Just, oh, just, oh, no. So evil alien pig almost crashes into idiot sheriff, but they swerve enough to avoid it. And idiot sheriff goes, sees Cliff Clavin on the farm and thinks Cliff Clavin is crazy because there's no alien ship because the alien ship has made itself invisible. M meanwhile, evil alien pig has pulled into the drive-thru of an alien-themed fast food restaurant because the speaker box is shaped like an alien. So he's trying to talk to this alien who's just trying to take his food order. And God, I hate this movie. I hate my life. Why did I choose to do this stupid podcast for people who aren't listening? 
I mean, you're listening, obviously, and I love you for it. You make it all worthwhile. So the evil alien pig destroys the speaker box fake alien and then drives around and causes more accidents and crashing into all sorts of things, which gets the call for the sheriff. He has to go and investigate this, and he's just an idiot, and his bumper fell off his sheriff's car, so he's trying to shove it into the back seat, which is... I don't know if that's the greatest idea, because, you know, say you have to arrest someone and put them in your back seat... Now you can't, because there's no room, because you got your fucking bumper in there. And the kids come home, and they decide, well, they're going to try and investigate what this whole hubbaloo is about, an alien on the farm. So the idiot sheriff makes it to the scene, and he's able to hogtie the evil alien pig. So the sheriff is good for at least one thing in this town. I mean... He's not very good at, like, protecting people or law and order, but oh boy, can he tog up a hog. <laughs> yeah, I think you get what I mean. Whatever. You know, if the f makers of this film aren't going to put any effort into it, I'm not putting any effort into it either. And back at the farm, Chubby Fuck senses, okay, I don't see anything in this pig pen, but it feels like something is there so he starts feeling around and yes there is the invisible spaceship and he presses a button that makes it uninvisible and uh evil monkey is like oh no we're under attack so he presses the defense button that causes a shock and it shocks chubby kid and throws him all the way into the mud and then there's a motel burning down but Really seems like it's just one room and the motel's burning down. But luckily, the super buddies are here to save the day. They make it into the apartment using the uh, super strength. And they dissipate some of the smoke using super mind powers. And then they get themselves trapped because the beam falls down. And, you know, since the beam's on fire, they can't use the super strength. And it's too heavy for the super mind to be able to move it and if only the other dog chose something better than super dunking skills but have no fear because they got rescued by alien lassie the real superhero who tells them they have no time to waste and then he proceeds to waste time by explaining that the rings are real and he's been looking for them and they have them but you know while we get through that backstory Let's save the little girl. Um, did I mention there was a little girl in the burning apartment and that's the whole reason the super buddies went in there in the first place? So you see, they were trying to do good. It wasn't just a random, hey, let's just go inside this burning building. Because dogs are intelligent. I don't think so. You know, a lot of people say dogs are intelligent. Here's why I don't think they're intelligent. Because they like people. They generally like people. They like human beings. And if you like a human being, you have to be fucking stupid. Cats? Cats just pretend to like us so that they can get food and shelter and someone to clean up their shit. So cats are fucking brilliant. Chubby Fuck goes looking through his comic book collection because he knows he recognized the symbol that was on the spaceship from somewhere. And yes, it was an issue one of Captain Courageous Canine Dog and... His Wonder Boy. I don't even remember what the fuck that comic was called. Cost six dollars. 
Or, no, it was $7. Yeah, it was fucking $7 comic. That still pisses me off. But anyways, they'd see that the symbol of the spaceship is there, so he knows it's an evil spaceship. And as luck would have it, on the television that was on for no reason, considering that no one was inside the house for quite some time, I guess they just left the TV on, wasting electricity. These fucking kids these days, don't they understand? You know, the Earth is in crisis. Climate change and all that. We got to reduce our carbon emissions, reduce our carbon footprint, and they're just leaving TV on when no one's home. But luckily, there's a news report about the Super Buddies, and they realize, hey, that's our dogs, and they must have the real rings, and that gives them power, but oh no, because the evil spaceship is in town, so they're in trouble, so we're going to go save them. Um, I don't know how they think they're going to save anyone when the puppies are the ones that have the superpowers. Over at the jail, Idiot Sheriff is uh, doing some harp, blues harp playing. You know, he's on the harmonica, because of course he is. And evil alien pig, who's in a jail cell. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know if I can, like, stress this enough, but apparently no one <laughs> pats an eye at the idea of a pig locked up in a jail cell. No one's like, oh my god, the sheriff has, like, completely lost it. Let's, uh,. Overthrow him and get a new sheriff. Let's throw him in a loony bin or something. No, everyone's like, yeah, well, I mean, Pig did drive into the town square and break a lot of shit, so yeah, lock him up. But unfortunately, the evil alien Pig uses his body swapping powers and he swaps bodies with the evil sheriff. And now we know that he's evil because now he's green, whereas the Pig is back to regular pink. So, that way we know who the evil alien leader is actually in, because they turned green. And, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say it, but this is probably an upgrade in terms of Sheriff. Like, yeah, he's an evil alien mastermind who's trying to take over the world, but he's probably a lot more effective and more competent at his job than the old Sheriff. Now, the kids go running to the Sheriff to tell him what's going on and you know they tell him all about how the alien ship is real and their dogs have the power rings before but they get all this out before they realize hey wait a minute something's wrong with the sheriff he's a little green now i would think if i were like an alien mastermind who body swapped with the body of someone else i would try to use that to my advantage and pretend I'm the person, no, he just doesn't give a fuck. He's like, yeah, I'm the alien. Where are the dogs? I'm going to go get them. Which, I don't know. Maybe the the direct approach seems to be working pretty well for him, though. So, I, I accept his plan. Meanwhile, the evil alien monkey is hanging out with the chickens in the chicken coop learning more about chicken culture and makes a bad pun of calling the mother hen a mother hen and he laughs because he knows it's a joke but I have to wonder like is it a joke that would really translate into 
alien language. I mean, yeah, the alien language happens to be almost exactly the same as English. But, you know, there would still be, like, little dialect changes, wouldn't there? You know, like, there, there are certain phrases, like, American and British English separate. So, I mean, is Mother Hen also, like, one of those phrases that translates well into evil alien monkey ease? And over in the jail cell, the uh, sheriff, who's now in the body of the pig, gets saved by his sheriff's dog. And now that he's a pig, he can hear the dog talk. And is absolutely not at all, like, going, What the fuck? The dog can speak? And I don't know if it's just a... I've seen so much crazy shit today, my brain is fried, and I will accept any other stupid shit that comes before me without questioning it, or I'm an idiot, but I don't know how I even put my pants on in the morning. Dog speak? Yeah! And over at the farm, Alien Glassy has come back with the super buddies. Alien Lassie tells the, tells the super buddies that it's going to be up to them to stop the evil alien. See, he has no superpowers because he doesn't have the rings. And the rings have bonded to the new super buddies, so he can't take them back. Which is just going to... I know I shouldn't question something like this, but... Okay, so he has no powers. So he didn't fly over here with flying powers. So he took a plane, I guess. So when... How did he get on the plane? I mean, I can understand... Okay, comic book guy probably, you know, made the reservation on the plane and saw him off, and, you know, the airline was like, sure, whatever, it's a dog, whatever. He's not a terrorist. You know, if it was a Muslim dog, man... They'd be all over that shit, but... Looks like an American dog. Looks like Lassie. Let him through. And... Then... Did he have his... Because he's got his costume on. So did he have that costume on while he was on the plane? If not, where did he hold the costume? And where did he get to change? But if he did wear it on the plane, did no one go, Why the fuck is there a dog with a superhero costume on because I know I'd be like yo stewardess can I can I get another flight like this fucking dog although you know if we crash I guess um he's gonna have to move the seat because he's in the emergency exit just uh I don't know if I'd even be able to say anything to the stewardess I'd just be like ah, dog costume ah. which I mean, wouldn't it have been easier for the comic book guy to go on the flight with them? You know, they could have kept the whole ruse up, like, oh, this is my support animal, so he's got to stay with me. And then when they landed, they go into the bathroom, and then the dog can change into a super costume. Um, you know, th that's a much more interesting story here. And that's the story of Alien Lassie's trip from a suburb of Seattle to this farm town. 
Well, Alien Lassie decides he's going to train the Super Buddies because they don't really know how to use their powers very well yet. So we get a training montage of them learning the best way to use their powers, complete with just about every terrible animal pun you can imagine. Um, did we really need the puns? Could they not afford to just buy some like generic rock song to go dur, 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 and get you all pumped up like... Yeah, this is a montage. They're getting ready to kick some ass, you know, and I can tell because this 80s generic rock song is pumping me up. Now, the evil alien sheriff arrives at the barn with the kids in tow because they're his prisoners, and Cliff Clavin is going to try to save them with a pitchfork. Go, Cliff! Because, you know, I would totally watch a movie that was, like, I mean, the whole thing doesn't have to be Cliff Clavin fighting people with a pitchfork, but if there's at least, like, a 15-minute scene of him fighting people with a pitchfork, I would be down for that. Unfortunately, he does not get to fight with the pitchfork because the evil alien sheriff zaps him. And he uh, locks the kids up in the barn, but luckily, fat, chunky, chubby fuck. <laughs> you know, fat fuck just... It just felt like a little too mean, so I've been going with chubby fuck, and then I lost it and called him fat fuck, and I apologize. I am not looking to fat shame him. He just has really no other characteristics to define him. So, chubby fuck, luckily he has his collection of Captain K-9 and the cool kid comics, and he knows that if he reads them, he will probably find the way to defeat the evil aliens, because so far everything in those comics are true, and so they're going to get down to the plan and they're all going to read comics. Which, luckily, these $7 comics don't take very long to read because they're just such a good use of $7, I guess. And so... Where was I? I've forgotten what just happened. Um, yeah, so Sheriff Pig and his deputy dog are trying to find their way, but... The deputy dog, who's a bloodhound, isn't able to get a good trace because he keeps smelling the pig. And, oh, I'd, they probably didn't mean this intentionally, but the sheriff, the cop is a pig. <laughs> so it'll depend. If that was intentional, then I'm going to give a fake laugh. If it was unintentional, then real fucking laugh from me for that. Just classic. <laughs> A real laugh, because I can't control it. I think I just don't care anymore. Um, Cliff Clavin wakes up from his shock, and he sees the news station, which, conveniently, the TV is still left on, because no one cares about their carbon footprint. And there's a tale of news report of how a meteor has changed course, and it's coming to their town, which... Yeah, I forgot to mention, um, evil alien sheriff went, went to the spaceship, pressed some buttons, and it locked on a meteor, and it's bringing the meteor to Earth, which is going to blow up Earth. So I'm hoping he has a plan to get himself off before, you know, I guess if he gets the power rings, though, you know, Alien Lassie told us that once the power rings are bonded with someone, they can't really be unbonded. So, 
then why are they so concerned now of, like, the evil alien getting a hold of the power rings? He can't use them! They're bonded to the super puppies! Just, man, just... Knowing that, just go and fuck shit up! Super puppies! Ho! Or... Super buddies, assemble! I don't know, I don't know if they have a battle cry yet. If it's not in the face or spoon, I would totally love this movie. However, I doubt either of those will be the battle cry. However, not in the face will be my battle cry if I ever go into battle. The news report calls on, begs the super puppies to come save the day. Because apparently people in the town have just kind of given up and just accepted, yeah, super puppies, they're heroes, they're going to save the day. They're going to stop a meteor because they kind of sort of saved a little child from a fire. They're kind of overestimating the power of these super pups. Because they didn't even see the super puppies in action. They just saw the super puppies standing around in these really cute superhero costumes. But I guess no one cares anymore. They're like, yeah, whatever. So it's either their brain's just been fried by all the crazy shit they've seen, or they're just idiots. And possibly both. But Cliff Clavin, seeing, seeing the news report, he decides it's up to him to save the day. And now this movie has me fucking excited, because I do want to see Cliff Clavin save the day. Hopefully with that pitchfork. Just, I mean, it's a Disney movie, so I don't think we're going to get anyone impaled on the pitchfork but one can dream and I will dream and my super buddies fan fiction will involve a lot of people getting speared on pitchforks and so alien lassie decides okay he's gotta just take the fight to the evil alien sheriff and it's a pretty lame fight cause evil alien sheriff's just shooting his lightning zaps and Alien Lassie just kind of runs out of the way, and this goes on for way too long. And Alien Lassie thinks that he's got it, so he's going to pounce on Evil Alien Sheriff. But no, the Evil Alien Sheriff managed to get one last zap off, and this one hits, and Alien Lassie is down for the count. The rest of the super puppies decide that they're going to combine their powers to take on alien, um, super evil alien sheriff guy. And so they fight, and it's a wacky fight with a lot of terrible animal puns and a tractor being thrown, and yeah, it's not as fun as that one sounds, but... And the evil alien monkey, he watches and he's laughing because the evil alien sheriff is getting his ass kicked. Meanwhile, the kids are reading through the comics trying to find any plan, any idea of what to do. And Chubbyfuck comes up with a brilliant plan of, well, why don't we just give the rings to him? Which you might stop and think like, wait a minute, that sounds like the fucking stupidest plan ever. But remember, Chubbyfuck has the fake toy rings that he's been collecting from bags of animal food. Remember, they weren't in boxes of cereal, bags of dog food because the dog food had some sort of promotion with you know whatever we're going with it 
I'm pretty sure that's the plan. I'm tempted to just stop watching the film, but... You know, and assume that the good guys saved the day and all that good stuff, but... They teased the fucking uh, Cliff Clavin fight scene. And so I'm gonna force myself to sit through this in hopes of a Cliff Clavin fight scene. Oh, and here he comes. He's up on the roof with some metal thing and there's lightning. Oh no, this cannot be good. Remember, metal conducts electricity. So Cliff Clavin, in his awesome Grandma Man costume from... Er not Grandma... Grandpa Man. Not that Grandma Man would probably be a cool superhero too. But Cliff Clavin in his awesome Grandpa Man costume from earlier. He's got this like metal rod that he uses to capture the lightning and shoot the electricity towards the evil alien sheriff. Like he's fucking Thor or something being able to control the lightning and electricity. So I think this proves it once and for all. Cliff Clavin is a god. Electricity didn't really do much to stop the evil alien. So, you know, he threatens the kids. The kids give him the fake rings. I told you that was going to be the plan. And, you know, they pretend to be all upset because, you know, they can't give away the truth that these things are fake. And, you know, he goes and he gives the sheriff the body back. And the pig gets his body back as well. And, you know, everyone's all hung... the. Everything's good for everyone, except for the fact that the meteor is going to come and explode Earth. But that's not the evil alien's problem now, because he's going to fly off. And he puts the power rings into his ship thing. I don't really know what it is, but it melts the power rings, because they're not the real power rings. They are just plastic. And then the alien crashes into the meteor, which... The meteor is like twice the size of the spaceship, but the impact is enough to completely destroy the meteor. Like, completely. There's not even debris of the meteor falling, which it seemed like it was still pretty close to Earth, because they were able to see it in plain view, no telescopes, just with the naked eye, they could see it, so it was very close where it happened, so some debris should have fallen and killed people but you know don't think about that don't worry about the people that were killed by falling debris from an alien ship crashing into a meteorite because everything's all good with the world and everyone's happy comic book writer shows up on the scene and he's very upset because alien lassie is dead but you know what dude this is on you because you should have been there with him. Like, that should have been the plan, was that you pretend that it's your puppy, your support animal, and that you have to be there with him. Don't actually, you're pretending that he has to be with you. And either way, you should have been together. And I don't even know how Alien Lassie managed to get all the way over there without you. What, what, what was the plan? I mean... Alien Lassie just flies on ahead of you while you finish writing your comic, and then you'll meet up at the hotel and figure something out? Like, seriously. Just, 
It's completely on you. You should have been there. You could have been there. How did Alien Lassie just go and do his own thing? You are a terrible, terrible sidekick. Because let's face it, you are the sidekick. The dog was the hero. But luckily Chubby Fuck remembers uh, one of the issues of the comic that says that the combined power of the rings has the power to give life. So all the super puppies gather together in the circle of life and they breathe life back into Alien Lassie, better known as Captain K-9 Commander something or other. And just... I thought the kid was smart, chubby fuck, until he actually then asked the comic writer, so this was all real, right? Dude, you just fucking lived through seeing the power rings and giving dog powers and seeing Alien Lassie fight and seeing evil aliens and body swapping and you've seen all this shit and you still have to wonder, was this a real story in this comic book? You didn't just make all this shit up? No, you fucking fat fuck. Yeah, I'm now calling you a fat fuck because you're stupid. And now the good princess alien comes down to Earth and she congratulates them all for job well done and she gets the rings and Alien Lassie takes back his real form again and the evil alien monkey decides to join up with them because what else is he going to do? And yeah, everyone's happy and blah, blah. And oh my God, there's still more to this film. So comic book writer decides that he can't write any more stories about Captain K-9 because, you know, now that Alien Lassie has left and apparently he was probably the one really writing all these stories because they're just his life stories. So he d comic book writer decides to team up with Chubby Fuck and they're going to write a series about the Super Buddies who are going to continue fighting crime. They look prepared and ready to take on evil. And I'm kind of curious if to see the next film in the Buddies series to see, do they still have the superpowers? And if not, is there an explanation for why they lost it? Which I imagine would be they lost the power rings, but, you know, do they at least acknowledge it? Or is that just going to be a loose end? I don't know, because I will not sit through another one of these buddy movies. Not even if you paid me. Well, that's not true. If you paid me, I would sit through them. Um, but apparently Amy Sedaris was the voice of Mother Hen. And what the fuck? They got her slumming it? Her kid must be like a huge fan of Air Bud and the resulting buddies spinoff franchise. That's the only way they could have gotten her to slum it for this film. And I mean, I guess it didn't really require much work on her part, just talking to a microphone for like 30 seconds. So pretty sweet gig, I guess, on her part, and if it makes her kids happy. But, you know, I've wasted enough of my life on these buddies' films, and I've wasted enough of your life talking about them. Uh, if you want to... Suggest a movie or comment or give general well wishes. 
Email me at velvetowl at hotmail.com or leave me a message on YouTube or just stand outside my house and stare creepily at me. Any of those ways will work.